Swamiji, is it possible to concentrate on more than one thing at a time? Yes, indeed. But in the beginning, you have to learn to concentrate on one thing at a time. Once you can really learn that kind of concentration, you go through it into which you become aware of everything simultaneously. Yogananda could be working here and know what you were thinking over there. When I, I was one time, there was a Jewish bar mitzvah in Beverly Hills, and they invited me. I'm not Jewish, but they invited me to do a demonstration of yoga postures. And later this uh, psychiatrist, Beverly Hills psychiatrists who are Jewish, tend to be atheists. <laughs> and uh, he was challenging me on my beliefs. And I was trying to defend them. And I even brought out a few examples of miracles. And I could see him in his mind thinking, well, at Wednesday at 11, I can see this patient. <laughs> and he, I didn't, in other words, I, I didn't have any impact on him at all. And I saw Yogananda a couple of days later. I was serving him lunch with a guest. And afterwards, after the guest left, he I sat at the table with him, and he said, Oh, by the way, when you're with atheists and materialists, don't talk about miracles. I said, You knew. He said, I know every thought you think. Mm -hmm. Now, that's amazing. But that came from his ability to concentrate so completely one-pointedly that it became a different kind of concentration. He became focused everywhere, center everywhere, circumference nowhere. But you know, if you have a field of ice, you can't break through it all at once. You have to drill at one point. So that concentration that we know in our egos must be the ability to focus your mind on one thing to the exclusion of everything else. And uh, because you asked, is it possible? I said, yes, it is. But this is how to develop concentration, to be able to drill at one point, once you can go through to your own essence, the true self behind the ego, then you enter into that water and you become one with everything. Then you enter into that level of reality where you understand that, as I said, consciousness is a center everywhere, circumference nowhere. But first you have to go to your own center, and that is concentration. That's where yoga comes in. Yoga helps you to develop concentration. You can't find God until you learn how to concentrate. I have been in church and seen people sitting there, kneeling there, praying, and while they're praying, they're looking around at people coming in and going out. What's the use of praying like that? How can God even know what you're asking him? I had a cousin uh, who when she had her first child, she had two. That child was born with a defective heart, I believe. At any rate, she prayed, and she told me ruefully later, if ever I prayed with intensity, it was then. And even so, I found my mind not under my control. I was wondering if the milkman had delivered the milk. I was wondering what I should cook for my husband for, for dinner. My mind was going all over the map, and still, with all my desire, I was praying for my little baby's life to be spared. So, concentration is very important. Yoga is not something that gives you God automatically. It's really like sunlight on the side of a building. 
If the curtains of a, of a room are pulled, drawn shut, the sunlight won't come in. So we have to do our part. We have to open up that curtain so that the sun can come in. In other words, yoga is cooperating with grace. It's helping us to open up ourselves to receive grace. But in the end, the spiritual path is entirely God's grace. Swamiji, um, going back to the question of concentrating on more than one thing at a time, there's a term nowadays, multitasking. People are texting and they see that an email comes in and they jump to the email and then they go back to a phone call and they're busy with... They become so restless that they can't accomplish anything well. Really, we live in an extraordinary restless age. I never watch television. I think of it as a really a satanic instrument because it makes the mind so outward and so so uh, restless. I I was in a barber shop in Rome, Italy, one time several years ago, and the barber had a TV on. So in, inadvertently, I watched it a little bit. Every two seconds, the scene changed. How can you have a calm mind if that's happening? You notice people with their legs jiggling up and down, looking around. <laughs> if you can't focus, concentration is the key to success in everything. How can you succeed if you don't even know what you're trying to accomplish? So, Swami, I, this is the other side of that question. Uh, I think it was in some book that I read of Yogananda where he described uh, an ancient training where someone would have to do five or six or seven okay. things at once. <laughs> and That's what I was talking about. When you've learned concentration, then you can develop it. But to do it uh, from the beginning, you can't get it that way. You've got to learn to focus on one thing. Then maybe you can add, like a juggler. In the beginning, you can only do one, one uh, ball at a time. If he tries many, he's just going to fall, let them all fall to the ground. Once he's got that out of control, then he can add another. And a really good juggler may be able to juggle maybe four balls at a time. But in the beginning, learn to do it one at a time. Is there a meditation technique that can help with well, that? Well, in India they teach several, but one's particular, one particular one is watching the breath. When the breath comes in and when it, watch, when it goes out, watch it and keep your mind focused. Another thing is, you ask, where do I concentrate on the breath? Well, here in the beginning, but this is the seat of concentration in the body between the eyebrows and the point at which the air enters your, your body through the nose is right up there. So that if you think of the breath coming in and out at that point, you're automatically focusing on the point between the eyebrows. And that feeling, if you accompany it with a mantra, they say Hong Song, that's the Bija mantra or seed mantra of the saying in Sanskrit, Aham Saha, I am He, I am Spirit. So when the breath is coming in, you're affirming ego, myself, and then Saha, I offer myself up to the infinite. And you can even have that thought, although it can be distracting too, but if not, let that thought be, I offer myself 
I offer myself so that you continue make this an act of surrender to God. So ahamsaha becomes hongsong. It will help you to, as the breath comes in, to keep your mind focused on what you're doing, to bring the forefinger toward the palm, and then as the breath comes in, as it goes out, to bring it away from the palm. This little addition, additional action will help to keep your mind focused. And if your mind wanders... Just bring it back. That's what the Gita says. As often as the mind goes wanders, uh, just bring it back and keep trying and trying and trying. And Practice so, makes perfect. And so a, a good meditation could still just be continuing to bring the mind back. Yes. Yeah. Swami, uh, where does devotion play into it? Devotion is a separate thing, but a very important thing. You feel devotion in the heart. You know, when Yogananda wanted to uh, start a new school, because the first school was malarial, and he went to the Maharaja of Bazar and asked him if he could give him some property to help to start a school, and he wanted it to be a spiritual school. So the Maharaja uh, decided to grill this young man, to see if he really knew his scripture. So he called in a group of pundits, scholars, and Yogananda said later, I could see that they were arranged there like uh, all prepared for, a, the for a, a theological bullfight. And so he said, I want you to talk from experience, not from scriptural knowledge. And there's a question that the scriptures say uh, that every, that the mind which is in four parts, mind, intellect, ego, feeling. These are the four aspects of consciousness in the human being. These all have a physical counterpart, a physical center. Can you tell me where that center is? He said this because he knew that no scripture offered where, that, where those centers were. And they, of course, they couldn't, they couldn't answer that because they didn't know. Then he said, this is where the Mind is centered at the top of the head. The intellect is centered at the point between the eyebrows. The ego is centered in the medulla oblongata. And the feeling, the heart, chitta, is centered in the heart. And so it's uh, like this, that when you see Sri Yukteswar, his guru, gave this illustration of a reflection of a horse in a mirror. You see the horse, the mind is like the mirror. It doesn't discriminate. The mind is blind. That's why in the Mahabharata, Dhritarashtra, the king of the, the father of the Kauravas, is blind. It means the blind mind. Then the intellect comes in and that says, oh, that's a horse. Then the ego comes in and says, oh, that's my horse. But you're not really caught by delusion until the heart comes in and says, oh, how happy I am to see my horse. So the feeling element, the devotion to God, that's very essential. As long as your feelings go toward the world, you will be drawn to the world no matter what you try. So you've got to have this devotion. You've got to feel energy in the heart and direct it up toward the point between the eyebrows. That's why in the Srimad Bhagavatam, another scripture of India, 
They say, think of the heart as a lotus and turn all its petals up toward the hand. And those rays, when they become centered here, then you find all your energy going toward God. So meditation without devotion, Sri Yukteswar, who was a saint, a sage of wisdom, he too said, without devotion, without developing the heart's natural love, you can't take a single step toward God. Devotion is the most important thing on the spiritual path. You have to love God. And that's why Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. Strength means energy. You have to put energy into your love for God. You have to want Him, not just passively think, well, there you are and I love you in a passive way. There's got to be fervor in your devotion to God.